Good morning, and welcome to another episode of Conversations with Buddy. We drop a new podcast every Friday morning with a new story that will impact someone, and we hope that someone is you. I just want to say thanks again to everyone who listens each week, who take the time to hear the stories of our guests. If you would please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast, give us a review, and share this podcast with your friends, family, and on your favorite social media platform. We want to get these messages out to the people and to impact the world one testimony at a time. This morning, I am grateful and excited to introduce you my guest, Aaron Parsons. Welcome, Aaron. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, you and I have just uh, briefly met. Mm-hmm. A guy named Rick Saffels introduced us. Yeah, I know uh, that guy. You know that guy? <laughs> yeah. Um, but we, you and I never met. Yeah. I've, I've heard your name. I know the brand that you have, and we'll talk about that, but I didn't know you. Okay. So... I, I, so far, man, it's been pretty cool to just hear your story and stuff, so I can't wait to dive in and and talk about it. But uh, let me just do a quick introduction of you, and then we'll we'll tee it up a little bit, and we'll just talk. Okay. So have a conversation. So first and foremost, uh, you're married for 13 years. Mm-hmm. What's your wife's name? My wife is Cherie Parsons. Cherie Parsons. Well, you're a lucky man, and and uh, I'm, I'm sure of that. So you guys have three kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell us about your kids. So we, yeah, we have three. My oldest is 10. Uh, he is a creative. Yeah. And uh, my daughter is seven now and she's quite the singer. And I think she's, I'm, I'm pushing her towards, uh, well, I guess helping, encouraging the wanting to be a worship singer. And then, uh, my youngest is four now and, uh, he's, he just learns things very quickly, how okay. to get to the highest shelf, and we have no idea how he does stuff like that. <laughs> that's a that's yeah. a kid. He's learning from his older siblings, probably. Oh, yeah. yeah, we'll blame it on them. Okay, what what are the names of your kids? Okay. Oldest to youngest. Yeah, so my oldest is Ian. Uh, my daughter is Abigail. Yeah, and my youngest is Owen. So your your daughter's smashing between two boys. Yeah. So that should be interesting. I wonder how that's going to go. Yeah, know, yeah, so. she's going to be tough. Oh yeah, she is. That's that's <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, I've learned a little bit about you so far. So you grew up in the big city of Mahama, Lyons area. Mm-hmm. So born and raised out there. Yep. What school did you go to? I went to Mary Lynn. That's a very small school there. Mary Lynn. Uh, in Lyons. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You, uh, well, I know so, uh, over the weekend, last weekend was our 4th of July. Mm-hmm. Were you at Detroit Lake? Yeah, that's, right. that's exactly where I was at. Okay, tell me about that. Are you guys like just water ski? Or yeah, what you we spend a lot of time on on the lake. We we have a boat. And when I... I being from Lyons and Mahama area, yeah. it's pretty close to Detroit. So yeah. during the summer, we spend a lot of time up there. Yeah. Uh, I have friends that have boats up there and property up there. And so we just, that's kind of our relaxing place and get mm-hmm. out on the water and just kind of be away. Yeah. We have a 20 foot right now boat, like a 93 old boat, but we got a good deal on it. And we, we named it the peacekeeper. So we float that thing out there and say a little prayer, hope that it, continues to run right. as we stay out there and just relax and enjoy yeah. life. The, the peacekeeper, why the peacekeeper? Um, we just felt like when you're out on the water, you're kind of you're kind of stuck there and you're away from everything else that's going on in life for a little while. So mm-hmm. we can just get out there and just just be in our peaceful place. Yeah. So. so being from the Lions, Miami area, you probably spent a lot of summers uh, at the lake mm-hmm. as a kid growing up. Oh, yeah. Mom and dad and yep. all that. Water, learned to water ski up there, yeah. uh, wakeboard, tube. <clears throat> All that that fun stuff that you can do on the water. Yeah. So I grew up in the big city of Prineville over in Central Oregon. So I grew up on Prineville Reservoir. Prineville Reservoir. Been so there, yeah. we water ski. That was our thing, you mm-hmm. know, 
every day, every weekend, or as much as we could. Yeah. So I can kind of understand where you're coming from. Primeville Reservoir is definitely a great lake. It's yeah. The fishing's really good, and the water's a lot warmer. <laughs> yeah. That is true. Yeah. Last couple of summers, or at least last summer, it was horribly low. So we mm-hmm. transitioned from, because we go over once a summer, I take my two daughters over and my daughter's husband, and then we go meet my cousin and his son. So it's just like the kids weekend. We usually go to Primal Reservoir. This last year we went to Lake Billy. And oh, that's so good. now we're going to transition to Lake Billy because it's always full. Yep, it it's is. a little bit colder though. Yeah. But man, what a great time. And they're great places to hang out. Yeah. Oregon's got some beautiful lakes. Yeah. Well, dude, I love to hear that you are you're a water skier. Um, and then Fourth of July, Detroit was amazing. I'm pretty sure. Oh yeah, yeah. They, they shoot off the fireworks on that the closest weekend, which we didn't end up staying for that because a lot of the times if the the crowd's going up there for uh, the fireworks, uh, we'll end up trying to kind of go the other way. So we'll we left on Sunday after the fireworks and then came back and yeah. uh, and. We camped at the state park there during the during the week. Got it. And just everyone kind of comes back down the canyon for to go watch fireworks at like Mill City or Staten mm-hmm. or uh, they did something in Turner this year. Got it. And just uh, we're just like, hey, if everyone's going that way, let's go the other way and have some peace and quiet. Right. <laughs> so, so in Detroit, it's always the Saturday before yep. 4th of July? Yeah, the closest Saturday to the 4th of July. Got it. Yeah. Prior. Got yep. it. I, I thought that was the case, but... It looked like a pretty good show out there. I know a few people out there, but that's a cool experience to sit out on on the water, and and watch I can't the fireworks. Imagine. I've never done that. That sounds yeah. like something I need to do. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's cool. Well, cool. Um, we're going to talk about Parsons Design. That's your business, mm-hmm. and you're a creative guy. Mm-hmm. I've seen your video. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and then during COVID, is that when you built your uh your little building on your property? Yep. Okay. Yeah, twenty four by thirty six shop with a yeah. a buddy of mine I went to high school with who was starting his business. Yeah. I was like, "Hey, I think I'm ready to take the next chapter in my in my company, and I need your help." So, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. As I was watching the video, I, you know, you're a creative guy. You're you're making shirts and designs and stuff. Then all of a sudden, I see you pouring cement. And mm-hmm. Like, man, are you a builder as well? But you, you could you you figure out how to do it. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And then. Well, and you also mentioned you're a guitar player. You play on the worship team at your church. Yep. Is that right? Yep. Okay. Jealous because uh, I'm a struggling guitar player, but uh, how long have you been playing guitar? I've been playing guitar since I was probably 13, 10, 13 for yeah. years. Okay. I'm not going to say I'm the best. I just I just show up because it, it centers me in a piece as yeah. a creative. Yeah. Uh, and I just lately, I've played for it. Uh, a blues band for five years here locally, and then I played for an 80s cover band for five years here locally. No kidding. Uh, the Never Too Late band, yeah. Um, and then now I'm just playing. I'm actually leading worship this Sunday at, yeah. at Mountain View Church in Olmsville, and uh, that we're just trying to build leaders there. Yeah. So yeah. Sounds like you know what you're doing when you play guitar. So the the, the cover band, what, what, what type of songs did you play for the— the 80s. So we did a lot of CCR, uh, Creedence Clearwater Man, Revival. I love that oh, group. That's a fun band that to, to cover songs. That is an awesome group, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Speaking of that, did you ever watch the movie Jesus Revolution? Oh, I just watched it on the plane. Yeah. Wasn't there some Creedence Clearwater in that oh, one? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the whole 60s, 70s, 80s, man. Yeah. That's a uh, great story. A great movie. My mom and dad, specifically my mom, love Creedence Clearwater. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I have a real affinity for them. But <laughs> it's awesome, dude. Yeah. But that band is no longer that mm-hmm. cover band. No, uh, they, they. I actually stepped back from that role. I mean, in COVID, we were or during twenty twenty, we were in the COVID thing. We weren't getting any gigs, yeah. and uh, 
so we everyone kind of just played a little bit but you know we couldn't get together in groups and play music anymore so yeah yeah uh i just was like all right i'm gonna step back and kind of focus on playing guitar and what my mission is and stuff like that and we were still trying to meet in groups in church and needed people to play music there and i've always played music for for several different churches i've just been at mountain view for probably 10 about 10 years now okay that's awesome yeah good for you and then we'll also dive into another brand that you created was Faith Over Fear. Yeah, yeah. The 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 name of the company, or I guess it's not really a company; it's God's company. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's Faith Like Fire. So Faith and, Like Fire. Yeah, okay. I can. Where I got the name was, I've been leading worship for youth camp every summer for a summer camp for a week long. I take a commitment to to show up and be there for youth and worship. And at the very end of that camp, we kind of get together around a campfire in the middle of these dark, dark woods. And we we all grab a stick or a, or a log that we just kind of set beside. And we, start, we have this small Kindle fire, yeah. right? And then we all pick up a piece of wood and we put it, put it on the fire. Yeah. And when we do that, we share a short testimony of how God showed up that week mm. or like even more in our life and what we're going to do. Mm. And by the end of that, it just gets bigger and bigger. Every every person shares their story, puts another log on the fire, another log on the fire. So you just keep going around mm-hmm. them. You can keep doing like you may do it two or three or four or five times. Yeah. And then eventually we're in that dark woods isn't dark anymore. And all of our testimonies, our stories yeah. have illuminated the darkness and the light overcomes the darkness. And I've heard it, that before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that's, uh, that's where I got the name Faith Like Fire. I just spent so much time praying that, uh, you know, what happens for these youth when I'm there leading. Yeah. And uh, I get so much out of it, not just leading them, but yeah. learning from them as well. Yeah. So. Well, we're going to end on that note because I want to hear more about Faith Like Fire. But let's start out like, okay, so you grew up in Mahama, Lions area, went to school, a little school, probably had, what, 10 people, 20 people in it? Yeah, it was decent size, not huge. But okay. I, think, I think in my class there was probably, you know, 15, 20 kids. Okay. Max, yeah, yeah per, per yeah. classroom or something like that. Yeah. So, um, did you do sports? Uh, you know, you know, during high school, did you go to college anywhere? And then, uh, then I want to hear how you met your wife. That's really important. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my wife's a huge inspiration in my life. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so let's go back to first grade at Maryland in the Canyon. Yeah. So okay, I I knew somewhere in my heart and soul that I knew that I wanted to do something creative. Hmm. And uh, in the first grade, first I was grade. <laughs> I was sketching in my math book, my reading book, and I was just like, man, I'm, I'm just not digging the math. I got it. I got to do it. I get it. I got to learn to read. I get it, right? That's but, not what I want to do. <clears throat> I was always doodling things, right? And so I, in the first grade, I, people would ask me, it's like, or, you know, my young my young friends back then, you know, like we're so grown up in first grade. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I was like, hey, can you draw me this? can you draw me that? And they're asking me to draw things. I'm like, okay. Yeah. I felt confident. I felt like I can do this. This is, this is easy for yeah, me. Yeah. And so I would not just do things for friends. I would just draw stuff and doodle stuff and design little logos and stuff. And I kept doing that stuff and, uh, and moving on, uh, throughout, I would say like sixth, seventh and eighth grade and junior high there. I continued to do it. I took every art class. I knew that that's my, in my heart and soul. I was like, that's what I was most passionate about, what I wanted to do, how I was going to make a living doing that in a, in a Canyon, uh, in a small town growing yeah. up in the woods. I had no idea. I just knew that that's what I needed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So I, 
in in eighth grade, I went to state in high school. Uh, that's where I went to high school. Mm-hmm. And I met Judy Froerich, which was an incredible artist. And state high school had one of the best art programs that was closest to me. And so I went there in eighth grade to go meet her. And I begged. I was like, here's my portfolio. This is what I love to do. This is what I'm most passionate about. And thank goodness my aunt uh, went through that class. And so I had that whole like connection yeah. of like, here's someone I knew that like get me in this. And, right. and, and my freshman year, this is where I want to be. Right. And I was accepted, like, because in your freshman year, you're not, you're not going to get in that. It's more of an elective class. Right. And I just begged and begged and prayed and prayed. And uh, I got in and it was, it was great. Like, I spent so much time in this art Mm. uh, room in State and High School. I think more than just like with my number two pencil, I had learned like watercolors and uh, uh, pottery and different uh, art techniques and design aspects and things like that. Now, I just knew that. This is this is my happy place. This mm. is my sweet spot. So it's pretty cool when you're a young kid like that to find what it is you're passionate about. Because mm. you know most of us don't figure that out until later in life. Mm-hmm. And so what a what a gift and what a what an awesome thing that is. So yeah. all right, keep going, man. Let's hear about uh, you know how how'd you meet your wife. So I we actually met in that art class. And in the well. Okay, let me step. We we happened to be in the art class. So at the time in high school, I was playing guitar for punk bands and just just wanted to be around music. Yeah. As, I think as a creative, we're always like finding different aspects to be creative, whether it be music totally. or different type of mediums, so watercolors and uh, video production stuff like that. Yeah. Just uh, I even took a little bit of welding, wood shop, and technology stuff. Just to, like what else am I good at, right? Yeah. So I was playing guitar, and a good friend of mine. It was my drummer who actually, my math teacher's son. And she, she's like, hey, my son's playing drums. You should just come over to our house and you guys should just, just jam. Because I just, I carried my guitar around with me all the time in no high school too. I was like, I just want to be cool. You I know? love I like, that. The guy carries a guitar around. He must be up to something, right? <laughs> so I, I go uh, sitting, oh, uh, I meet my math teacher's son, David. And uh, we we're like, hey, let's go down in the basement. I got my drum set down there. So we just started jamming around and kept doing this for weeks. So it just, it felt right. It was fun and kept coming back. Well, David went to sc- uh, Christian school in, in Staten with my, my wife mm-hmm. and they knew each other. And, uh, Is your wife the same age as you? Uh, she's a couple years younger than me. Okay. She's, yeah. yeah. Two, like two years younger than me. Uh, I'm 38 by the way. <laughs> Is that, I wasn't so, sure. So, yeah. Honestly, you look like you're 25. So uh, that's cool. I, I found the fountain of youth somewhere in my exactly. family. Exactly. Like, yeah. My grandfather. I wouldn't have guessed you're 38. That's yeah, awesome. I know. I don't look like it at no, all. No, no. Um, I'm blessed there. Yes, yeah, you are. Um, but in I'm, that, I'm 54, but I look like I'm 80. So no, you don't. Not at all. <laughs> so my you got you got nice hair. So like, yeah. there you go. So, um, it's gotten gray. <laughs> mine's getting further back if I take my hat off. Yeah, yeah, I always yeah. wear hats. So, yeah. um, anyways, in the basement of my math teacher's house, my buddy David invites this girl over, and of course, I think. You know, they're a thing. He invites her over. Why? Why? What you have to do with me? She stares at me the whole time we're having band practice. I'm playing guitar, and she just, she told me later on. Now she's like, I knew in the moment that you and I were gonna have something together, huh. and this was gonna be the man I was gonna marry. Her words, exactly. That's you know? amazing. Yeah, and I'm like totally naive. I'm just yeah. into music. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Whatever. I'm yeah. a creative guy. I'm doing my guitar. And yeah, she walks upstairs in that basement before me, and she's standing at the top. Just you guys waiting. are freshmen. We or- are. About she would be a sophomore. I oh, so you're now yeah. a senior. Yeah. So, um, 
Yeah, and I walk upstairs and she's standing at the top of the stairs in this basement. She's like, that sounded really good, Aaron. She's never said two words to me my entire life, right? So then I start noticing her. I've like, we go to art class and she's sitting like two rows towards the front of the class. I mean, I mean, I love art class and stuff, but I would never sit in the front row. I was closer to the back, a little distracted, but still got stuff done, right? Yeah, yeah. So um, I was like, hey, Sheree, you're, we're, we're in the same art class. Oh, that's cool. So start hanging out. She's, she's known all along, but oh, you yeah. didn't. Yeah. yeah, I was told this crazy boy, you know, just doing my thing. Yeah. And one day I just, she's sitting up there and I, I'm in two rows back. I start sketching her sitting at her seat during the whole class. You know, I'm just, there. it was a free, like, draw whatever you want. And I was like, I'm going to draw, I'm going to draw her. So I drew, I wish I could find it. I tried, tried looking for this drawing. I have no idea where it went. But, oh. And I, and I drew her sitting there. And then at that very end of the class, I gave it to her. And I said, hey, I drew you today. And I just and I just left. Left it at that. That was it. And we just kept hanging out more and more. And uh, yeah, so we're high school sweethearts. No yeah. kidding. Mm-hmm. So did, then you guys began dating your senior year? Yeah. Started dating, did the prom and homecoming, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. And, and, and one thing that I found, not just that she knew that we were going to be together that day in that basement, but there was something that I began to notice in her yeah. that my wife's beautiful, but I think what's most beautiful about her is I saw how much she loved Jesus, hmm. and I wanted that. Now, were you a believer at this time? I I think God's always been working on me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I wanted to be a rebel. I want to be a punk rock guitar player and all that stuff, you know, just be cool guy. But God's always looked after me. Like, it's easy to look back now and be sure. like, there's these moments where God shows up in your life, and you're just like... Aha, uh-huh, you know, and but in that moment, I think I just wanted to just kind of do whatever I wanted to do, but in my soul, and I was like, no, I can't do that. Hmm. I can't go down that road. And I knew that it didn't feel right, but I just saw something in her that I that I wanted, hmm. and uh, it was a, a relationship with with Jesus. Yeah, and uh, she was confident in that. Her dad's a pastor. My father in law is awesome. He's oh, he's a pastor here in Salem, and uh, I. Uh, I just was, I wondered what she had. And yeah. we centered our relationship on that. Like it took me a while to finally say, Hey, let's, let's tie the knot and get married. We got married in 2010. So this year will be 13 years. So what and year was it when you were a senior in high school when you started dating? So that would have been, I graduated in 2004. Okay. So you dated for a really, really long time. Yep. Six years. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Well, guys are a little slow to the. Yeah. She I waited. Get it. <laughs> yeah, I think my wife waited four and a half years. So. Oh, there you go. So yeah, so guys, we well, I think that might be an area where guys lack. You know, we all do of committing. Mm-hmm. But once we're committed, man, we're yeah. all in. Yeah, I can see you're committed. I'm committed. I yeah. love her. She's yeah. amazing. That's cool. Okay, <laughs> so you were high school. You're 18. You're 24 when you propose. So yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. I, I I can get the math, man. That's yeah. pretty cool. That's better than years. me. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty yeah. neat. Yeah, we got married in 2010 and had our first first son in 2012. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. What does it mean to be a husband and what does it mean to be a father to you? Hmm. That's a great question. It's probably the hardest thing I have to do in my life too. Like I feel like I can do work so easy and so fulfilling, but... Like to be a father and a husband, mm. it's probably the hardest work, but the most meaningful yeah. and rewarding. If you, I guess, if you can do it right or continue to push, 
push the rock, keep going. <laughs> push the rock yeah. uphill. Yeah, because this. Yeah. I, I just heard this thing the other day, and it's, it's stuck right to my soul. It's like uh, the Lord asked, asked me to keep pushing. Like, I, come, I have this, I have this mission for you. I have this rock, and I need you to keep pushing it. Keep pushing the rock. Keep pushing the rock. And for years and years and years, I'm pushing the rock, and the rock's not moving. And God said, I don't, I don't want you to move the rock. I will move the rock. Mm. I just need you to show up. I just need you to keep pushing that rock. I'm like, okay, God, I'm going to keep pushing. That was interesting. It's mm. a great analogy because yeah. that's, that's marriage. Marriage has a way of keeping us humble. Being mm-hmm. a parent has a way of keeping us humble. Yeah. Do you have a favorite Bible verse that reminds you how to be a good husband? I mean. Ah, I don't know. There's so many good ones. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Uh, my, my mission stuff right now is Ephesians 2.10, which is. Uh, how God created us and designed us to do great things is my interpretation of it. Yeah. Um, but he created us to do good works in advance. And uh, that's kind of what I live by the last yeah. few years is it's just God created me to design and designed me to do great things. One of those things is to raise my family uh, before all things. We, My wife and I have a order of our family is God first, our marriage second, and then our kids come third. Yeah. And if we keep that order and keep those in line, and when careers are fourth, uh, then all, all things seem to work out yeah. if we just stick with that order. It's a great priority. And it's interesting how work can sneak up and become first. It does it's often. It's like, whoa, come back here. Yep. So it's mm-hmm. interesting. My wife and I have the same order. Okay. God, marriage, kids. So even when my kids were little, Okay, mommy gets the first hug when I come home from work. Mm-hmm. All right, daddy, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I don't think a lot of parents do that. I think they put their actually their kids first. Yeah. And I get that, but kids eventually leave home, mm-hmm. and then unfortunately, you know, divorce does happen. And if we're not careful with that, that's what happens. So, yeah. So how do you date your wife? What do you? How do you find time it, to in this in busy season world? of life? <laughs> it is difficult, and with our anniversary coming up. Uh, we, we often say it's like, we'll just go hang out on the boat, make something and just, just the two of us and watch the sunset and things like that. We've kind of recently got into overland camping and, uh, that's a whole nother story is like, but we just sold all of our, 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 we had an RV and we sold it and we bought this rooftop tent. We mounted our truck and we just go out in the wilderness and just kind of read books and hang hammocks and she's a photographer. We take pictures and you guys are both creative. Yeah. Yeah. That is so cool. Uh, does she work too, or does she work? She with does you, photography, do- and uh, right now she's dabbling in woodworking, which is kind of cool. Yeah, uh, and building c- custom signs for our customers and stuff like that, like three D wow. signs and lighted signs and things. But uh, does she have like her own website, her own business, or does she just kind of? Uh, it's it's integrated through our our company with through Parsons your company. Signs, okay, got yeah. it. Got it. Mm-hmm. That's really neat. I got to dig in deeper on that. Yeah. I'm not a creative dude. I can appreciate creativity. <laughs> so I really appreciate what you do. Dude, I don't have any, I have zero creativity. It's nothing. nothing. It's weird. Hmm. And uh, yeah, it's kind of funny, but <laughs> I've got maybe a couple strengths, but that is not one of them. <laughs> yeah. But well, that's, this is cool. I love to hear the story about, you know, the challenges of marriage. Marriage wasn't supposed to be easy. It's pushing that rock. Mm-hmm. Your analogy was spot on because I can remember one time with my wife, you know, guys love respect. Oh, yep. I demand respect, right? Yeah. 
And one time I can remember, I've, I've shared this before, so this won't be the first time people are hearing this, but it's funny to hear. I was telling my wife, I was demanding respect. I need respect. And she goes, well, she reminded me of scripture. She goes, the scriptures say, husbands love your wives. Yep. Women respect your husbands in that order. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, that hurt. Because I was demanding something, but I wasn't giving her what she needed. And I realized I'm pretty selfish. And so it's hard. That's why it's humbling to to be married and serve your spouse because we want to be served and we want to be respected. But go love somebody. You know, guys, we need to be loved. But that's not our highest calling. Typically, it's usually that respect. Yeah, So, absolutely. How, how do you deal with that? And, um, you know, just in that situation, what's that look like for you? Do you ever struggle with that? Uh, yeah, I have. And we ended up leading, I think it was last year, a marriage conference at our church, the two of us, that God put on our heart, my wife especially. And I said, hey, wherever you, if you feel this, I, I got your back. What do you need me to do? And so we read a couple uh, marriage uh, books that we wanted to kind of build the content around. And we did this conference uh, mm. at our church and a lot of people showed up, which was like, oh, this is great. So a lot of people need some marriage advice. And it, I think we learned so much from it. And and that's exactly it. It's like, you know, like husbands love your wives, like Christ loved the church yeah. and sacrifice for them. And um, yeah, I think a lot of people get that wrong. It's like, oh, you're to respect me and serve me. And no, we're, we're to constantly serve them and serve each other and love each other in that way. And yeah, but when you throw kids in there, it, yeah, you end up serving them all the time and you're exhausted by the end of the day. It's like, oh, I love my kids, but oh, I'm burnt. You know, yeah, I'm out. Yeah, so yeah. trying to find those times to spend on your relationship and yeah. uh, continue to keep that order yeah. uh, and realize that like your your kids are watching you. And if you love each other and embarrass them with lots of kisses and love and affection towards each other, that they're going to see that. And yeah. they're going to see what a Christ-like uh, marriage yeah. is, is all about. And that will reflect in, in their adulthood for, hmm. for what they're looking for for their future spouse. I, I want my, my daughter to find, and I often pray for, that, that guy that's out there that loves Jesus. Hmm. And it's going to be that sacrificial, loving person towards her. And honestly, that's kind of one of my biggest fears is like the, the spouses that my kids ever get to meet or build relationships with and and eventually get married. I was like, I hope, I, and I pray for those, those encounters and those relationships from their future. Yeah. When my kids were little, um, I was going to mention faith like fire, you know, that's faith. It's a, it's a muscle you need to exercise and it's, it's believing what you don't see, mm-hmm. you know, believe in God. God has your best interest at heart. So trusting that. But uh, raising kids has been the greatest joy of my life oh. while difficult. But something my wife and I did early on was, you know, when your kids are little, you're changing diapers and you're 100% responsible for them. And then as time goes on, you give them a little bit more responsibility. It becomes an 80-20 and then 60-40. And I can remember when my kids were like 10 or 11. I said, okay, girls, you are 60% to adulthood, which is 18. You know, that's kind of the way we looked at it. And transitioning that responsibility to them as they got older and doing less for them. Were, but in in the whole journey of raising kids, you're right. They're watching you and I as dads. How are we loving mom? That's the most important thing that they can see. Mm-hmm. We can love them. That's fine. But if we don't treat mom with love, then they're going to see that. Mm-hmm. And so uh, that's not easy to do. 
to demonstrate. One thing we did as a family is if ever I was being, you know, I had bad behavior or an attitude, my daughters could call me out and say, hey, dad, where are you at in scripture? Have you memorized, I don't know, Colossians 3 or whatever verse it was that they had in their mind. So uh, we have that accountability within our family that kept me in line because I'm, I'm a dude. That is incredible. I always say I'm, I'm a dude. I'm a guy just like any other guy. I struggle with attitude and ego and pride. And so having three women, you know, my wife and two daughters, man, I am way outnumbered. So, yeah, it's it's been teaching my girls scripture from early on and praying from early on for that future husband, which we have done. And and God's perfect timing, it'll all work out the way it's supposed to. Hmm. But giving them scriptures held me accountable. Yeah. To be the man that I'm supposed to be. For them to be Am I to... how dare you say that? <laughs> but that was the rule. We you can say whatever I mean, it was that's respect. Yeah. You know, parents, you know, a lot of parents grow up raising kids. Kids do as I say, not as I do. Well, there's no respect in that. Respect is both ways. You have to show respect toward your kids so they respect you. Okay, yeah. So anyway, that's the joy and and watching my girls use scripture against me. In fact, uh, about a week ago, I was uh, me and my wife were meeting with one of my daughters for breakfast on a Friday morning, which we do often. And uh, I was getting counseled by my daughter. Hmm. It was really interesting that what a beautiful thing. Truth is truth. Doesn't matter who it comes from. Yeah. So how's uh, how does that work for you, you and your wife, as you train up your kids in the way they should go? Not I, the way you think they should go, but the way God thinks they should go. Yeah, I hope my kids do that, that same thing. Like use scripture and say, hey, dad, keep it, keep it in check. And that my response towards that would be like, okay, and not, mm. and be able to humble myself. And that, yeah, that's, that's incredible. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Huh. Like, how do I do that? Yeah. I, I see how old are your kids now? So Emily is 26. Molly's 24. Okay. Um, yeah. Great kids. Okay. Love the Lord. Not perfect, obviously. Uh, but they're hilarious. Yeah. We laugh really hard. Okay. We make fun of each other. It's it's all about who can make somebody laugh the most. Oh, yeah? Huh. It's awesome. Yeah, I don't know that I'm in that that season yet, but like maybe I'm right right around the corner. Yeah. Like I know that my kids are, this will be their first year going to youth camp as a, for my oldest, as an actual camper. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've been there growing up there because yeah. I've served on the worship team there for yeah. since they've been babies. Uh, so for them to actually experience camp as a camper is going to be Man. something that, that I know they're memorizing scripture. And so, yeah, I hope, I hope they call me out on those things and say, yeah. Hey dad, have you, have you read that scripture? Yeah. Or, yeah um, it's, it's the greatest gift you can give your kids is uh truth. Yeah. So I can remember the very first, one of the very first verses I taught my girls was Ephesians 6, 1. It says, children obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. It's the first commandment of the promise so that you live long on the earth. So then I would say, hey, girls, you know, you don't have to obey me if you don't want to, but you have God to deal with. What do you want to do? Yeah. And, yeah, I guess, so that was the verse we we had as a standard, you know, children children obey your parents and Lord. So that was it. We worked Hmm. through it. But they're held accountable. I'm held accountable. (laughs) We're all accountable. Yeah. Right? To live God's truth. Um, Amen. But what a joy, man. You're in a great season right now. Yeah, training your kids, you know, teaching them the scriptures, letting the Holy Spirit guide your kids. He'll do a better job than you'll do. Mm-hmm. And that's that was the conviction I had is 
I thought my words were powerful, but it was only God's words that really changed lives. So, well, let's talk a little bit about, maybe a little bit about your your business, uh, Parsons Design, and then let's end with Faith Like Fire. I want to hear a little bit about So when you start your business, what's that look like and uh, where do you want it to go? So I started Parsons Designs in 2012, the year my oldest was born. And uh, as I, I've been in the print industry after I, I actually went to Schmeckett Community College to learn how to do what I do in screen printing and embroidery. And uh, it was totally a God thing because I didn't know that that was even an option. So I guess let's let's go back into the college day there. When I here at Schmeckett Community College, I had a scholarship out of high school to go to graphics art and design that I didn't know I was getting, but my art teacher saw something to me. So I... I got this scholarship, went in, took all the graphics art and design programs there in Chemeketa, and I, I still wanted more. And uh, there was a class there called screen printing. Mm. To be completely honest, like that's what I do as a career. I had no idea what screen printing was. So I just, I just took this class. I showed up and I just learned. I, yeah. I, I knew nothing of what this thing was and I just learned and I absorbed it and I fell in love with it. And I was like, here's something I never considered. And, uh, I didn't, I, that was never my direction was to go into that, this type of work, but God had a plan for me and yes, I just showed up. Yeah. And then I was bagging groceries as a, as a young college student at a grocery store and uh, playing my guitar. Right. And so we needed band t-shirts and I was like, well, I know how to screen print. And I just need to find a company that'll like sponsor us or work with us. And so I found this company in Staten and started working there for a few years and uh, they were ended up wanting to sell it. Well, I couldn't afford it. So I was like, well, I guess I'm going to go do other things. And it was something I wanted so bad after I learned to screen print. And I, I got to work there for a little while. I remember being in an office there and I was praying. I was like, oh, God, I just want to do this. Like, how can I do this? This I want so bad. And uh, he's like, trust me, it'll happen in my time. And so mm-hmm. I, I walked away and worked construction for two years to save a bunch of money doing roofing and work that I hated uh, so that I could save up enough money to buy my first screen printing press. Mm. And in 2012, I got enough to put down a down payment and uh, and bought my press, signed the LLC and started my my, my business journey yeah. of what I was passionate and, and the work that I wanted to do. Was I scared doing this? Oh yeah. I was like, all right, I, I know how to do this, but now how do I how do I run a business doing this? So I just you know, like anyone does, start telling all your friends like, hey, I, I got I can make t shirts for your event, for your business, for whatever. And I I just kinda just tried to focus on what I was passionate about and who I wanted to work with. Mm. And so I yeah, I, sp- I put that word out and started getting businesses, small business owners calling me saying, I was like, Hey, I, I need shirts for my company or I'm starting a business. I, can you help me design a logo for my business? I'm like, yeah, I, I can do that. So, um, I started designing logos for construction companies. Some of the guys that I was working with roofing stuff and, and, uh, put it, then I, I bought a machine that can put graphics on a trailers and the truck doors and windows. And so I had that t-shirts and then I was like, Oh, I want to make hats too. So then I went and found an embroidery machine and, and, uh, bought one of those. And so I was like, now I can make hats and shirts for your company and make, I just wanted these, my customers to look the very best and professional, um, and have an image and something they were proud of. Cause 
like I, I eventually did that for me. Of course, I went straight to the work and then I designed my own logo a little bit later, probably a year later, I got my actual PD logo. And uh, then people actually wanted my brand, which I thought was really cool. I was super proud of it and people actually wanted it. And uh, I just kept doing that work for, uh, uh, and just, I just kept showing up and kept doing it. I kept, if they'd ask, I would make stuff. And uh, then a company here in Salem, ABC Printers, was like, hey, you want to move into your to, into our building and you pay a little bit, come work for us, learn some new skills and provide that service with us? And so we just kind of combined forces and did that up until uh, 2020 when COVID happened. And like I was running big running events, printing thousands of shirts for um, all these nonprofits and fundraisers. And then when COVID happened, we got hit hard. And it yeah. just, it wiped all that, that business that out and totally kind of put us out of dead hole, which like, I know some companies were thriving from it and others just got hit and we mm -hmm. just got hammered. We lost all that stuff. And I was like, what are we going to do? And, uh, I was like, I, I can't pay rent and I'm, I'm not going to borrow any more money. Um, like I, I just, we went through the financial peace program with the Ramsey network. Dave Ramsey, yeah. Yep. And we're like. I'm not going to get myself into like borrowing money from the government and, and get them involved in my business. I'm just going to, it's going to take some different risks. And so I called a friend of mine, uh, from Mountain View, the, my pastor yeah. and buddy Mike. And I was like, what's the church going to do? Like, I didn't see the church as a place that was like, oh, we're going to borrow government money and <laughs> try to pay the bills. So I was like, I want to take an act of faith, which God's always been faithful for through this whole journey. I was like, I, I just got to trust that he's got something. And I just got to, I just got to walk away from having this rent. And I moved all the equipment and printing press into my, in my, in my residence, in my home, in my mm. garage. And yeah. it just took over my house. And we're still kind of working through that. I, I got the equipment, it, some of it in the house, my office, but this year that or about a year ago now, we were able to break ground on our own uh, 24 by 36 pool barn shop on our property where we can kind of separate the business a little bit and manufacture stuff. And, uh, it's, it's been great. I just stand back and I just watch God did that. I didn't, mm -hmm. I just showed up. I just kept pushing the rock and it, we got this building up and, and now we're like, we're still building it and it's going to be a journey and a process, but I'm going to enjoy it along the way. It's, it's not just going to be everything all done right at once. There's like this year we'll do this phase of it. Next year we'll do this phase of it. And, uh, and I'm just going to keep showing up. I'm just... Man, you, you said that word um, uh, a lot, keep showing up. And one thing we have at our church too is, is showing up changes everything. Uh -huh. uh, showing up changes everything. I show up for things like, I don't really want to go. Nope. Showing up changes everything, but keep showing up. And that's what you've been saying this whole time. Mm -hmm. And, Guys, I keep pushing that rock. Mm -hmm. I just, that story is going to stick with me for life. Mm -hmm. Keep pushing the okay. rock. Cause, mm -hmm. But it's not moving. It's kind of like when Noah built uh, built the ark. People like thinks he's crazy. Yeah. There's no rain. What's going on? Just keep building. Just trust me. And it's like, that's hard to do sometimes. Uh -huh. But you keep pushing the rock. Keep showing up. Yeah. And, and then someday that rain's going to come and you're going to be like, oh boy, he he had something we didn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Great. Yeah. It's some insight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So. Wow. All right. Dude, I love your business. I'd love to see your pole bar and what you've built. That's going to be cool to check yeah. out. Yeah. There's So if you check out Parsons Lines on YouTube, uh, I got a little bit of like the phases yeah. and the process of yeah. it like yeah, on my YouTube channel. Okay. Mm -hmm. I'll be checking that out. Walk us through 
Faith Like Fire. We'll wrap up with that. And, okay. And I, I noticed that you brought a journal with you. Uh, talk to me about a little bit about journaling and then uh, end on Faith Like Fire. I want this to be really good. Okay. So Faith Like Fire is how I dig in the scripture first and, and I see images of what it is. And in one of Paul's letters to the church, I think in Second Timothy, uh, I'm gonna have to pull it up. Yeah, pull that baby up. Okay, so Second Timothy one, verse six. Uh, For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in your thoughts, the lying of our hands for the spirit of God gave us does not make us timid, but gives us power and love and self-discipline. So do not be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord and of me, his prisoner rather join me with in his suffering of the gospel by the power of God. He has saved us and called us into this holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of the time, but he is now revealed through the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ, who has destroyed death and has brought to life immortality to light through the gospel. So right there, what, um, to Good. fan, to fan into flame in the beginning of that, yeah, the gift of God. And, uh, man, that just punched me right in the, right in the chest. Yeah. And like I shared earlier about like, leading worship for for my church and our youth uh, and the, the passion they have. I mean, yeah. there's moments where we're being so deep in the worship that these kids and myself are just to tears yeah. and uh, and just praying before the Lord and just the Holy Spirit just shows up in that moment. Mm. We're, we're in, a, in, in the woods in this place just in worship and uh, aside from distractions of yeah. technology cell phones and social media and all that stuff. It's just a, gone. <laughs> it's awesome. It's so good that it's gone. And we're just like surrounded by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And uh, like it, the, to fan in the flame, much like the work you're doing here and sharing local people's stories and, uh, you know, one person at a time impacting, I, I think right here, what you're doing is, is that very same thing is fanning in the flame our stories, which then overcomes the darkness and it gets brighter and brighter. Mm. Reminds me of the song, Fan the Flame. I can't sing it, but it's a really cool song. Now, this is really good. It's really deep. And I love what you're doing, too, in ministry with you and your wife, your kids at church, worship. Man, it's deep. It seems it's, like a lot of stuff, huh? It is a lot of stuff. Yeah. And you don't realize, but that's good. You're pushing that rock. You're mm -hmm. showing up. Mm -hmm. If God's to show up, you know, it takes you back to Isaiah chapter six. Um, there's a story of. Uh, I won't go into too much detail, but read Isaiah chapter six, um, where Isaiah is in the presence of God in the Holy of Holies, and there's angels. But really, the long story short is, God asks the question, "Who will go for me?" And then Isaiah says, "Send me, I'll go." Uh huh. That for me is what God's calls to: be willing to go where mm -hmm. He calls you to go. So, well, hey, as we wrap up, brother, it's been good. Yeah. I guess I should say a little bit too yeah. before we go. It's like the mission of what Faith Like Fire and that brand yeah. is all about. So with the youth and me diving in the scripture and working with churches, what I've set that up for is God's blessed me with Parsons Designs in my print shop and being able to support my family with doing the work that I love. 
And then I spend time in scripture and design these logos. Uh, my first one being faith is greater than fear because I needed to, to not be fearful yeah. uh, and trust that God had a plan for this. Yeah. And I want God to go first and I'm just going to follow. Mm. And what the first fundraiser we did with this was I designed the faith is greater than fear logo, put it up on our Parsons Designs uh, website and click on it and uh, hand, handed out pamphlets to all the youth and they gave them out for shirt sales. And we gave 50% of the that faith is greater than fear shirt design uh, back to the church yeah. to send kids to camp because camp's getting expensive. Yeah. Like everything's going up right now. And so God's still working out the details. Again, I just got to show up <laughs> and push that rock. Yeah. And I'm just going to do what I'm good at yeah. and, and show up and he's going to work out the details and mm. I'm just going to keep designing stuff and helping people. Yeah. And sending kids to camp so they can experience Jesus. Because it's not in the work that I do. If you have a relationship with me and you meet Jesus through me, uh, it's not even about the shirts anymore. Yeah, that's it's about the encounter. And if if you meet me and we make shirts, cool. But if you have an experience with a one our one true God, yeah, that's that's the cherry on top right there. That's all that really matters. That's all that matters, man. Mm-hmm. That's that's heavy. It's it's pretty cool that you guys, you know. Provide you through your creativity, you you're doing what you're doing, and then using part of the profits to fund kids going to camp. What what camp is this that they go to then? So they go to Eagle Fern Camp up in Estacada. Okay, that's where we've been for the several years, and uh, we're actually looking at some other other camps yeah. and stuff like that. I actually talked to Rick about some stuff there yeah. in Silverton, and uh, I think we're going to experience a different one with with our church here in August. Yeah. Uh, and go check that out, and I'll be leading and playing worship. Look at you, man! There. So yeah, it's, that was really cool. It's man. a great act of faith to take a week off of production stuff, but I'll still take a laptop with me and be like, "Hey, I'm serving the Lord right now." As Sir, soon as I get back, I'll, Lord, man. I'll yeah. come serve you too. So. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Well, hey, as we wrap up, though, is there any last thoughts? Anything that's on your mind, stirring in your heart, that you want to share that maybe we didn't cover? Hmm. I would say, if anything, it's like remember that you were designed to do great things. Mm -hmm. And if you're not sure what that is yet, kind of take a moment to step back and think about what people are, what what you call people for help with things maybe that you're not good at, but who's calling you and saying, it's like, I need your help with this. Mm -hmm. Like much like my story out there at the beginning, I said, people were asking me to design stuff for him and, I felt confident in that. So if, like, if you just step back, I know the world's just constantly throwing things and distractions at you and just listen to those incoming calls of what people are asking for for you to do for them. Yeah. And that could be the passion and, and your passion of the work that you, you want to do. Uh, for the longest time, I didn't think that doing the work that I do now would be like my income providing type of work that... I, I kind of believe this lie that you almost got to do a job you hate hmm. to make money, to make yeah. it meet, but that's, that can be more wrong. Like you're going to do your best if you do what you love to do and you're yeah. most passionate about. You're going to give it all and you're going to love it. You're going to show up and you're going to just, you're just going to do awesome. I think um, more people need to hear that story because I bet over 60% of the people out there actually hate their job. Mm-hmm. And uh, and out in in fear, they don't 
pursue their passions and desires that God's given them yep. out of fear. Yep. And so faith over fear, or faith like fire, I think this is a great story. You actually live out your faith. You're not just talking about it, you're actually doing it. Mm-hmm. And uh, you gave a lot of great examples. So, well, brother, it was great to have you on here yeah. today. It was awesome to hear your story. If people want to reach out to you, what's what's the best way you like people to reach out to you and go, hey, I want to hire you. I want to learn more about you. I want to be a, a, at a camp, yeah. whatever. Yeah, so uh, my website, ParsonsDesigns.com, uh, has everything to get a hold of us, fill out for quotes if we can work with your business, yeah. um, your church, your yeah. your ministry, whatever it be. If you need shirts, hats, fundraising ideas, uh, stuff like that, logo design, we're, we want to help, ParsonsDesigns.com. Boom, mm-hmm. boom. Brother, this is good. Aaron, thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much awesome. for having me. Yeah. Well, hey, out there, uh, we appreciate you listening every week, and uh, we're, we're hoping you got something out of this with, with Aaron's story. It was impactful to me. Man, just keep showing up. Keep pushing the rock. That's the, the story. It's not always easy, but that's what we're called to do. If you want to be on the podcast or you know somebody who would want to be on the co- podcast and share their story, we would love to have you. It means a lot to, to do this every week. It's fun. It's enjoyable. Anyway... We appreciate you. We look forward to seeing you next week.